0: This is Inspiration Nation. Ok, let's start. Uh, ok, we're here finally. Raúl, um, thank you very much for coming uh, and joining the podcast. Thank you for your generosity. Um, So, uh, I'm going to introduce yourself. Uh, First, myself, I'm Tarek Montes, host of this podcast from Japan. And Raul, uh, our special guest today, is the uh, Payload Space co-founder and CEO. Payload, or PLD, is a Spanish company that develops two partially reusable launch vehicles. Uh, MIRA-1 is a sounding rocket for suborbital flights uh, for R&D. And MIRA-5 will provide orbital launch capabilities Four small payloads, I believe up to 300 kilos, Mm -hmm. in low Earth earth orbit. And the first commercial flight, I believe, is planned for 2024. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raul, you've studied biology in Alicante, Spain. Uh, I'll I'll ask you questions about this later. And I I did meet you, uh, I think it was around 2010, maybe 10 years ago, for the first time in the Spanish Space Students' Congress in Seville. so, um, there. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ari, for the
1: for the introduction. Um, yeah. Actually, as you said, we are developing uh, partially reusable launch vehicles. Uh, that's partially because the first stage is the only part we can, um, let's say, uh, bring back from from space because second stages are usually entering into orbits with with payload. So. Um, yeah, we're developing rockets, uh, it's a hard stuff, it's easy to say, but not easy to do. <laughs> um, and uh, actually the company was funded in 2011, so we are close to 10 years working on that, obviously not 10 years uh, developing technology, because you have to raise money first, and you have to set up the company, you have to grow the company and then start with the, with the project. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing we are, we are
0: doing mm-hmm um, so you explain what's payload space what's the what's the final product I mean we, we talk about two launching vehicles but what do you aim with this company
1: yeah, yeah we, we found the we founded the company with the aim of uh, launching uh, into space different type of payload so offering the launch service uh, for international uh, to international uh, customers and uh, trying to uh, simplify and make, let's say, not cheaper, but less more cost-effective launching something into space. Usually something is uh, experiments, perhaps that has to go to other places, let's say moon, even uh, beyond, and satellites that are usually, uh, let's say, uh, orbiting around the earth providing some kind of services, imagery, for uh, taking pictures from space, or even uh, communications, several types of communication. So uh, in order to put something in, into orbit, you need just one thing, that is the, is the rocket. And it's not the most, let's say, available or even easiest uh, transport you can find. It's quite complex to launch something into space, and there are not too much options to do that. So. Uh, we decided to uh, develop from scratch two launch vehicles. First, MURA One, that is, uh, as you indicated, first a, launch, a suborbital uh, launch vehicle, so go back, go to space, to space, and go back to Earth in a, uh, tra- a parabolic trajectory. Um, but on the other hand, Mira One for us is a, a technology demonstrator. So the let's say predecessor for MURA Five, that is a larger launch vehicle that will put those uh, satellites were into orbit. Um, MIRA-5, uh, it's, let's say, quite big compared with MIRA-1 and uh, has 300 kilograms payload capacity. So we can bring into space 300 kilograms uh, of payload, one satellite or several ones into into orbit, and, uh, and the first stage can go back to Earth and we can try to recover it and then, re- let's say, reuse it. One of, of the important things of reusing is that we can basically uh, put, again, uh, the launch vehicle in the launch pad in less time than producing a new one. But on the other hand, uh, reusing has the good part of flight proven. So we have launched something that works, has been designed to refly, and we have checked previously with the previous flight that works. So it's easier uh, for us uh, compare with the uh, brand new, let's say, rocket, where we have to do all the acceptance phase to guarantee the launch vehicle is ready to, to fly. So there are different uh, obviously it's not as easiest as, as I'm indicating co- then, then the, the process still begins to complicate but uh, in, in simple words it's that how, how it works.
0: Okay that's um, so it's clear to me uh, I think when I did my dissertation in university if I remember well uh, launching is the most expensive part of the development of a satellite is that correct?
1: Uh, well, now now it's uh, starting to to re- be to be reduced. That's because it's uh, emerging uh, several uh, let's say cost-effective launch companies providing that launch services. But in let's say things years ago, clearly uh, the launch was one of the
0: ex- more expensive uh, part of the mission. Yeah. Okay, um, so I wanna I wanna go directly into asking something I'm very curious about. Uh, I mentioned it before. You studied biology, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you're the CEO of a space company. So yeah. um, and I'm also I'm also leading the engineering development. So you can imagine <laughs> how hard it is. Yeah. That's true. So uh, how did that happen? I, I know half of the story uh, f- after I met you, but h- how did it happen? Well, actually, actually
1: uh, I was passionate by uh, space exploration since I was a child. Um, you know, I was that child that was to be was uh, uh, dreaming to be astronaut or participating in let's say Mars missions or that that was something I have from on the back of my mind since I was a child. But uh, when I decided to study, uh, there was several options: aerospace engineering, including. Uh, but, uh, biology was closed, uh, from, from home with the university in Alicante, very close from my house where I was living with my, with my family. And, um, there was some teachers there that, uh, they, they were working with, um, uh, the, the NASA Institute of Astrobiology. So that was my, let's say closest place where I can find some space related stuff. And, uh, I decided to, to start uh, biology because of that. Then after my finalizing my studies, I I went to the uh, Center of Astrobiology in Madrid and I did some, some work there. But on the back of my mind was aerospace engineering. Uh, and so I decided to start aerospace engineering in the Polytechnical U- University of Valencia. Uh, and three years later, uh, we founded PLD. So I was combining let's say biology with then aerospace engineering and then funding the company. So, but in the middle of that, I was studying from my, let's say, own risk uh, rocket science, uh, all related with the engineering of, uh, of space launch vehicles. Uh, let's say, understanding the, the, the how, how works each subsystem re- relations with them, the, let's say, uh, physics of the flight dynamics and so on. And at the end I was, let's say, uh, autonomous learning,
0: and and today I'm, I'm I'm still doing that. yeah. I think you've mentioned to me once that you were building small rockets when you were a kid. Is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my my father is plumber, and I
1: stole basically uh, hardware from the from the from the office, and I I, I did some rockets in, in the early days just with water, but then I started to complicate things. Even I I, I, I had some problems with the with the police because <laughs> I was buying in the internet some components that were, were close to the terrorism. So, <laughs> but yeah, 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 I, I did it. Yeah,
0: I, I remember when I met you around ten years ago. Uh, I was chairing the Spanish Space Student Congress uh, organized by LEM, yeah, uh, the Royal association you also was part of, and, um. It was it was interesting. It was at least to say, to see a biologist or formerly a biologist uh, exactly. building rockets and uh, <laughs> and coming with us to the congresses and, and the workshops. But then I understood uh, later on your passion about rockets and about space. Um, yeah. Why why do you think space is important?
1: Uh, it, it's important because of uh, maybe too many reasons. Uh, it's uh, Well, first, first of all, because it's also related with technology improvement and development. So, in, in addition, space is bringing us a lot of uh, services we are using. And in some cases, we are not um, even, uh, we are not knowing that we are using space in the daily, uh, let's say, like daily work or in, the, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Let's say GPS, for example, we use GPS just for uh, driving, but we're using a satellite that it's in, around orbit, right. or even we are uh, understanding how the weather, which weather we will have during the week. So we are using the satellite that it's uh, in in orbit. So there are a lot of services that are extremely important for let's say today's life on Earth. Um, it's also very related with the R and D. So we are, when we are investing in rockets or we are investing in, uh, let's say, experiments that are going to be launched into space, we are not putting that money in inside of the rocket and then throw that money into orbit. We are investing here. So that is the important part. This is something in sometimes hard to explain because when, when uh, you are telling to people that uh, we have prices let's say, imagine 20 million euros for developing a rocket. People say, oh, but rocket is ca- extremely expensive. You are doing that investment. And there are people that has problems in the streets. Uh, and I say, no, no, but I'm paying taxes. I'm investing. I'm growing my team. So growing, uh, hiring people. I'm doing investments in hardware. So I'm paying to other companies for doing some services. So at the end, investing in space is not just uh Putting money in orbit is investing on, on Earth. So uh, it's important. And at the end, it's one of the industries that more, uh, let's say, uh, interest is generating on the young people. So it's important also to promote that because young people, uh, childhood has a lot of dreams. And space is, let's say, one of the areas where more dreams are coming true, or more dreams are, or or at least dreams are being being bigger or more, more uh, attractive. So it's important to promote that. And th- there are so many reasons, and I said before, so uh, if you, you can see from the technical point of view, uh, r and let's say point of view, but from the financials, it's also very, very important. Uh, there are a lot of business around space sector, not only launchers, let's say satellites, data that is coming from space, um, R&D that, that is currently doing, doing at International Space Station, for example, for sure has another, uh, let's say, important uh, part that is, for example, uh, defense. Also for defense application, space is very important because at the end you have eyes on space and you can see there's something coming from, uh, let's say, a foreign country. From, uh, at the end, everything uh, it's related and it's, it's a very, very important and uh, strategic
0: field. Yeah, I remember a few years ago talking with a PR responsible from the European Space Agency. They're trying to explain people why space is important. And he mentioned that every euro invested in space uh, has a return of around five or six euros in the society. So I imagine. How do you think people like us that feel space is important can communicate this better to the, to others?
1: Well, this uh, your activity doing podcasts is good because at the end, it's, uh, let's say, it's a mix between formal and informal way of communicating Um, So we have to promote that. That's the reason because I want to participate in as much as possible because it's the only way to go to people and say, hey, that's important. We have to promote that. We have to do that. We have to find more people like me or like other ones that are pushing in some specific areas, very hard ones, but we continue pushing. We have to find that people, we have to promote, we have to help that people. So we also have to, let's say, uh, educate. Uh, communication media and, and, and the, the ones that has, let's say, high power of communication. Because at the end, uh, there are very important things, and in my opinion, space is one. And there are other ones that we are giving, in my opinion, so much attention. Let's say, for example, football. <laughs> yeah. um, we have to find other ways of uh, better communicate uh, space or even in general science, because okay. it's the only, uh, in my opinion, is the only one of the few. Topics that can bring humanity to the next step, or can help the humanity for diseases, as we were talking before, uh, is the only way. It's the only way. We have to communicate. We have to, let's say, promote that. Because if not, um, all, all other topics will be will come into scene, and and, spe- and space or science will be in the back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I. I- understand the challenge of making science and space more attractive to the general public. For some reason, for many people, it's boring. For yeah. some like us, not. It's actually quite the opposite. Uh, but, but yeah, somehow through, I don't know, TV, radio, podcast. Uh, Films also, yeah. Movies. Yeah. Even, you know, being better, yeah, putting examples of how space is important for people because I think that link is lost. They don't understand what's the link between developing a rocket or a satellite and using GPS on their cars or their phones every day. Exactly, exactly.
1: The the, the link is now now absolutely broken. Um, I think even if you do some some studies, that will be people on the streets that doesn't know anything about space more the things that you can see, let's say that, well, moon is in space or stars are in space, but people doesn't know that we have the International Space Station up there with people daily working there. Uh, Maybe we'll not know anything about uh, exploration. Uh, Let's say, for example, Martian exploration. We'll not know anything about maybe uh, launch vehicles. And for sure, we'll not know nothing about, uh, let's say, the technology around that. But if you want to stress that, maybe there will be not, let's say, a small amount of people that will not know that satellites, like for example, GPS, it's a satellite that is around the Earth. Mm. Maybe they are thinking that satellites are just around, let's say, uh, antennas around the mountains or wherever. But it's extremely important to show how many resources are coming from space And we are using that in the daily work. This is very important because putting that on table, people will know, oh, so we need to put more satellites up there because if there are some problems, we will instantaneously know what is happening. And this is something that, in my opinion, with the, the, let's say, relations I have, it's not clear. It's not clear that uh, people know that the services and the products we are using today are coming from from space.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Although I think that, uh, every day, more and more, thanks to people like you or, maximum example, Elon Musk and their um, ex- extravagance in doing things and, you know, um, putting challenges on society like we're going to yeah. Mars. Because,
1: because so, yeah. The case of Elon Musk is quite interesting for me because uh, let's, let's do for the audience an easy calculation. Uh, imagine uh, how many millionaires or billionaires you know on Earth, not not just uh, Elon Musk. How many ones, imagine. Uh, We we can say names here, we can say easily, maybe 20, 30 names, 50 names, but there will be dozens, will be hundreds of billionaires and millionaires in the earth. How many of them are investing in space or in rockets or in science like Elon Musk? How many? None. Just a few, just a few, not too much. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. Richard Branson, a few ones, why? There's a, there's a missing link there, why? Because they're investing in other things. Okay, we, for sure they have the money for that, but there, there are some areas that are extremely important for the future of mankind. Let's say space, robotics, healthcare. We know the problem now we, have, we find with the vaccines, for example, there are a lot, of the, a lot of important parts, a lot of areas where we have to invest. And the people that can do it for sure are the governments. Uh, they have to, but people that can do it easily are the, the billionaires and the millionaires. Yeah, and and, and uh, it's not easy to find a lot of them. <laughs> no, it is uh, like, like Elon Musk, let's say, or Jeff Bezos, or Richard Branson.
0: Yeah, I I had the hope that they could set an example for others, but maybe. Most people see a faster return of investment in other areas, but unfortunately, people might not see the benefit in society as well when they invest. Exactly, that's the problem
1: because they are not finding the uh, benefit at society level. Because if you find that, you will say, "Okay, I have a lot of money. Imagine I have a uh, one billion in my in my bank or in several banks. I can put twenty percent or fifty percent of my uh, resources into several projects but i don't i will not put it into service if i don't find any interest or any any benefit for me obviously but also for the uh society and the problem is that people doesn't know that there are a lot, of, a lot of areas to invest that has a an huge and important uh benefit for every one of us yeah
0: that's that's the problem
1: that's the I mean, problem
0: history of space, like how many uh, inventions that we use in our daily life came from a space like even the I'm, I'm having a, a ballpen now in my hand like this, this was invented by NASA to, to write in sure. space. So I'm thinking like, when we talk about Mars exploration, I just thinking about all the technology advances that we need to get there and the other applications that we can do use in our daily life already worth it a lot yeah but somehow yeah it's it's hard to to make society see that in that way
1: yeah, imagine that uh, just to put an example from the biology point of view imagine that you um, are working with NASA uh, in that case in Japan for example JAXA is working and it's working with NASA for a lot of different type of uh, experiments and missions that is going to not just only for Mars but also the planets Imagine that you are a scientist working, trying to, let's say, uh, easy to understand for everyone, uh, uh, putting seeds on Martian soil, then growing that and and, and and have resources on Mars. Okay. In that case, you say, okay, but what, which interest we, we need? We have uh, growing, let's say, potatoes on Mars, you can put the astronaut with a lot of food on the on the spacecraft and then they they will have uh they will have food for the future okay that's true but if you find a way of growing for example uh seeds in a not good environment you can maybe use that technology to places on earth where soil is not good right. and people is may mainly people is has no res- no too much resources and you can help that people for uh, agriculture. That's the part, that's the important part, and this is a, the trickiest is to find example where you can link space uh, investment with the society uh, impact. But this is one example. There, there are billions of examples. And the communication in this case is extremely important because we have to show to people only the ones we are working daily on space, we have to Show people that has resources, that has governments for sure, that has to invest in that. Because if not, we will not do anything and we will not see on television nothing more than
0: football and two or three stuff more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We have to invest more in space. Besides landing in Mars, what do you think are going to be the greatest advances in humans in space within the next 50 to 100 years?
1: Um, pro- production of propellant on inside. The, the problem of uh, la- um, going to Mars is not that we can go to Mars uh, as a let's say problem. We can go to Mars. The problem is that when you are on the surface, you have to go back to Earth. For example, or you have to go into orbit around around Mars, and you need a big quantity of propellant around on the spacecraft, maybe on the rocket. That you have to, let's say, move first from the Earth and then to enter into Mars and then use it for gro- going out there. And that is highly costly in terms of uh, energy and uh, in terms of resource, economical resources. So uh, one of the big advantages will be producing that uh, propeller, let's say that uh, fuel and the oxidizer uh, at, in the site on Mars. That will be the the,
0: let's say, Uh, inflection point for that. So this basically establishing space petrol stations. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, not petrol, but uh, some, let's say, some type of uh, onset production that you can basically uh, optimize. But today we we have something, there are some studies, but they're very, very, uh, let's say, uh, laboratory level. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you are developing a rocket, when actually, when you are on, uh, on a planet, Mars planet, and you want to go to orbit, you need a, a big amount of propellant. So going with that propellant from Earth is extremely expensive. So you have to produce it there. Uh, maybe it will not be like a petrol station, but you will need some kind of uh, technology to do that. And this is something that are now being developed, but this is something that certainly in the future uh, space agencies and government have pushed.
0: push. Do you think it could be achieved by using uh, planetary rocks? I,
1: I, don't, I don't think so because, uh, well, it could be. I'm not an expert on that. But uh, I think that will be easier to, uh, let's say, uh, use the regolith. So the, the let's say the sand and rocks on site that can have... Hydrogen, for example, or or other uh, compounds like methane, for example, would be easier that than than maybe uh, components that are actually in orbit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about uh, I don't know if it's the Chinese or the Japanese trying to do some experiments with regolith uh, in with robots in the moon. Mm-hmm. If um, we're talking about uh, the role of of politics and big investments in space. What do you think is the role of politics nowadays in the space industry in a nutshell? Uh, um, They
1: they have to promote uh, different type of companies. They have to promote cooperation between companies. Um, They have to push uh, competition. Uh, One of my, my, um, uh, let's say, arguments, I'm always saying that, uh, for example, in Europe, we have a clear lack of competition. In the United States, uh, when everyone that maybe is, are hearing us knows SpaceX, SpaceX was funded by Elon Musk. We we come to the conversation of billionaires, okay? Mm-hmm. He put a lot of money, his money, to do uh, or to make to become true his uh, dreams, and uh, and then after that NASA. Generated a, a a big price, a big competition between well-established companies, for example, Boeing, well-known for everyone, other ones not to, not more known by by uh, by, by uh, the audience, in my opinion, that will be, for example, Sierra Nevada Corporation, or even uh, other ones, and SpaceX, like like the um, brand new company. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Spaces today is a huge company because of that competition. Because for NASA was set with the same importance the were known established with the brand new. And this is something, in my opinion, is not uh, well understood in Europe. We need to, or I don't know in, in Japan, because I'm not an expert uh, in the Japanese industry, but I know well, very well in the European one, and it's not it's not clear that competition is not clear. Uh, cooperation is one thing, but if we want to evolve, if we want to uh, go beyond, cooperation is not just the most important part. We need also competition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, it's a, going back to the to the biology point of view. Uh, in the, industry, competition is like the evolution. The, the, the best one will survive. Right. The, the, the most adapted species will survive. And in this case, it's the same. If you put a very complex project, but you, you, do, you, you give resources to two, three, four companies, the best one will do it. Even two of them will do it. And maybe with different approaches. Again, going to biology is the same. You can adapt the species from the, let's say, uh, a specific media, Mm-hmm. Maybe two species will become different species that will be well, well adapted to that media. That medium. So in this case, it's it the same. But competition is the only way to evolve. Cooperation is the better way to advance. It's not the same. And this, in my opinion, is not well understood in Europe. And then one of the people pushing for that because it's absolutely necessary. if We want to be more competitive in the future.
0: It's, does the European Space Agency have competences to uh, change that situation? It should be, in my opinion. European Space
1: Agency is the uh, institution for space in Europe. Is They are the ones that they are knowing exactly, perfectly. They are the best ones in Europe for that, and they know all the different, let's say, topics related with space, not just only launchers. Launchers are just a few parts of uh, space satellite for observation there are big big uh, let's say big panel of capacities inside european space agency but in my opinion has to be european space agency the one pushing for that
0: yeah
1: and because they also know the capacity the uh, capabilities we have at european level the different actors in the let's say space industry the different actors in the uh, rd community and they are the ones that can, let's say, select which missions, which type of projects can be entering into competition or entering the cooperation. But they have to be, they have to be the um, the master of ceremonies, let's say. Yeah. The managers of the of this the, of the soundtrack.
0: It's hard for me to believe that they're not aware of of this. I, I wish I I could uh, have a chat with somebody in the European Space Agency and try to understand why not enough efforts are being made, or at least it's not visible to us.
1: I I would like to, uh, frankly speaking, I I would love to know that they know that we have to
0: do that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It would be shocking for me that they don't know. (laughs) Could be, could be. (laughs) I hope somebody from the European Space Agency can listen to this podcast. I, I liked when you keep making analogies between space and biology. It kind of uh, reflects your personality and, and how you are. Seems, <laughs> <laughs> so connecting to this, uh, and I know you're very busy and and you have to go soon. Your, your day is packed full of meetings. I want to ask you just a couple of more questions based on this, uh, a more personal key uh, what does a person like you that is so busy with meetings and commitments do in your spare time if you actually do have some spare time? What do you like to yeah, do? I, have, I, I try to have. Uh, yeah,
1: um, well, it's very important to have some uh, time for you. Let's say uh, um, free time where you don't have to necessarily think about the daily tasks. And and this is because if not, you are becoming crazy, basically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I did a long time ago, and it's, uh, I'm going to give here a tip for everyone, is to have, for me it's uh, perfect and it's working very well, two mobile phones. Okay. One for working, one for, uh, let's say, uh, out of work, one for, for personal relation, let's say. And this is very, very important because if not, your your brains are always working. You can see on the screen a message, or you can see on the screen a WhatsApp message, for example, let's say, or you can see on the screen an email. So when you see that, actually, your main is working. So it's very, very important to clearly separate work with uh, the rest of your life. For sure, work can be half or even more of the daily, daily activity, Uh, but when I have free time, I want, I used to go to the mountains. I do some, uh, trekking. Uh, I love to see animals. And uh, for me, it's very important to, to be part of the nature when I'm not working. Uh, for sure. When, when I'm in the office and try to be very, very focused on my activities. And for me, it's very, very important. The, uh, the time management, because if not, you are basically not able to reach uh, all the uh, obligations, let's say, all the activities you have to, to perform during day by day or during the, during the week. And if you are not able to do that and you cannot delay anything, you have to work on weekends. So I try to, don't, to, to not work on weekends, but if I have to do it, I, I will. Uh, so it's very, very important to manage time. It's very, very important to clearly separate.
0: And if you do that, you can survive. You know, it's funny because time management is a concept that it is coming in every single podcast I do. So <laughs> it, it's really important for everybody, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, okay, this this one is still a little bit tricky. What's your reason to wake up every day? I like to make this question um, just to focus the people's image on what's important for you.
1: Yeah. Well, for for me are several reasons, but. All that reasons are connected in, let's say, only one topic. I want to, uh, first of all, I want to make, uh, become through my dreams, that since I was a child, was to reach space. So I, I, every day I wake up, I'm thinking on the Earth, that blue planet we have um, where we are. I want to see it out from, uh, from, from Earth. I want to see a picture uh, from our launch vehicle out of there. That would be uh, one of my dreams uh, becomes true. Um, so this is one argument for sure. When you find you know, when you found a company and you have uh, uh, partners, when you have investors, you have a business plan to meet. You have to let's say pay back the investment and pay back the uh, opportunity they gave in the past for making that true. Uh, so we have to um, let's say meet all our our goals. Uh, we have to make profit, we have to uh, do a big company, we have to continue hiring people uh, to to grow the company, basically. So this, uh, this is also an important angle, argument to come every day. We have to work, we have to be uh, a big company and, and we, every one of us, it's uh, helping to that. So, uh, and in the other part, uh, it's important because uh, we founded the company ten, 10 years ago, we have that traction of doing this but I'm frankly doing this not because of money, for sure. <laughs> I'm doing this because it's my dream. It's my, let's say, um, the thing I want to do. So that just because of that, I'm waking up with uh, energy. Sometimes with less energy because at the end I'm, I'm becoming uh, becoming tired sometimes. Uh, but uh, but uh, we do that because because of passion. Yeah, frankly, passion.
0: You, you know, you just answer what was gonna be my next question, which is what's your biggest dream? I know that's see the red uh, the blue dot of Earth from your vehicle from space. That's my first. Oh. Uh, I have more. I would like to um, m- maybe Tar when
1: when we when we uh, know each other long time ago, I uh, was uh, discussing also with you, i'm I'm going to the back of my mind, but I want to go to the moon, too. And, um, this is something I was, uh, very from, from, since I was a child, I, I have the, the dream of going to the moon, maybe because of the Apollo uh, missions and uh, about space race and so, but, but I think that if the humanity has to go to another planet, first step has to be moon because it's obvious. It's there, uh, has a lot of resources every day. We are understanding how, how the, the moon works and we are finding more resources there. And, uh, it's, uh, has, a field of gravity so it's easier that going out of a, of a planet has no atmosphere so if you want to go to mars for example or you want to go to uh europe that is a venus it's a a moon from from jupiter it's easier uh to have in the middle not just in the middle but in an easiest place that is a moon that's that's my let's say second Dream, but for, for the future and for sure, one 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 important uh, uh, topic for me also is uh, provide Europe uh, crew access to space, orbital capacity for European astronauts. This is important for me. This will be the long-term objective for 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 PLD if I'm going pushing the company. That's because we're investing a lot on astronauts. But today, the only ones that can put astronauts into orbit are Russians, for sure, Chinese uh, agency, and now NASA. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we want to be independent and more competitive, as, as the European Space Agency and European Commission is promoting, we have we need to have uh, orbital capacity for astronauts. And this is something I want to push. First of all, for sure, we have to put us satellites that are not... Uh, la, uh, um, let's say
0: uh, well, we, we can fail yeah, ECA other right. people <laughs> we're going step by step right exactly well those those are big dreams Raul I, I hope uh, we hear this podcast in 20 or 30 years from now you know? let's do it <laughs> <laughs> and maybe do it from the moon who knows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows um, Raul um, there's been many questions left but I know you're very busy I would love to have another session with you in the future whenever you know you have some time um uh let, let's keep so talking. You, you will have it yeah you, you are the honestly the type of person that arises curiosity uh, on me and i think the type of person that that could achieve those big dreams eventually so i think people should be looking up to to you guys to people like you or elon musk or other people that are investing not only money but most importantly all their energies every day exactly Exactly. sometimes more important than money Uh, to make true dreams that initially feel like child dreams you know like almost magical things to happen (laughs) but that can actually happen so so i'm very i'm very glad for that i'm very glad that i know you that i met you and that you had some time and kindness to spend with us today in the podcast so thank you very much raul uh, is there anything else you would like to say before we close? I would like to thank you for the opportunity of uh, participating
1: in the podcast. Uh, for sure, you can consider me for future interviews. I'm very happy to to participate again and to continue asking your your questions. So it's a pleasure for me. Thank uh, and thanks for for the support you are bringing to uh, PLD Space. Uh, I hope to continue updating you about the the uh, the activities we're running. And uh, hopefully we will have another meeting in 20 years in the future, uh, saying that uh, everything we were discussing today in the podcast was was uh, becoming true.
0: Definitely, please keep updating me, and and yeah, maybe one day we'll do a podcast from the moon. Yeah, <laughs> Autores, thank you very much for your time. See you soon. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.